And it's your boys, Roshan Gomez and Jeremy Lim. What's up? Hey, welcome back, man. Thanks. It's good to have you. Uh, it's been, well, it's fun. La. <laughs> I look forward to coming back. <laughs> how, how do you feel? Tired. <laughs> what? <laughs> you should be excited. Uh, I wish I could be. I came back from a workout. I had IELTS yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I got you a candle, man. You should be excited. Uh, Christmas I'll be, candle. I'll be excited once I've had the chance to use that candle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a special guest. I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, Mr. Harit Je, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. So, uh, Harit, you reached out to us. To, uh, I mean, we basically listened to each other's podcast and we kind of um, connected. And I've gone on to your podcast, right? I've done two. Yes. Do you want to plug them before we, if we go into… No, no. Let's just start with the podcast. Start with the podcast? Uh, let, me, let me earn it and then… I'll oh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll, plug, I'll plug it later. I don't want to just… Expectations are high already, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today is a wrap-up episode. So normally with the wrap-up episodes, we have a three-point discussion. But, you know, it's open. We can talk about anything else as well, right? So, uh, maybe before we go into the points… Uh, let's just do… Can I do a quick intro? Yeah, yeah let's just okay. do intros. Um, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just gonna say, let's do intros. Um, but I won't do it for both of you. But we don't need an intro from Jeremy. But because it's weird times now. So I think it's good to ask how you guys doing. So I'll start with Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you doing? How are things? What have you been up to? Uh, and all that jazz. Now Harit, you can do that. And also introduce yourself, right? Okay? Brilliant. Jeremy, go. Uh, I've been good, like I mentioned. Tired, busy. Uh, killing myself, trying to get into a Masters of… PhD program. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'll end with uh, if you're going to do the GRE for the American system, think long and hard because it was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy it at all. How, how does it work? Do you do a specific subject or? So it's a general test. Strangely, like even historians and sociologists will have to do the math bit, which right. was not easy. Okay. So yeah. Uh, I struggled with the analytical writing because God only knows what they want. Um, the math was fine. So, yeah. It was it was difficult because they had… It seemed that they weren't testing your intelligence, which kind of annoyed me. They were just testing your patience to read the whole question mm -hmm. and being very careful so that you didn't miss words that used to trick you. So, yeah. I was annoyed through the whole thing. <laughs> nice. I was so glad it was over. Interesting, interesting. Okay, great. All right. Hi, uh, I am the Bumi Kota for this <laughs> evening. Coming to you from the Ministry of Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> this is the most… Uh, this is the most one Malaysia episode we've, we've ever done. No, we've had Putri on. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true, that's true. I forgot about that. For some I'm reason… Sorry, do I just strike you as super Malay or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harit has an extremely Malay vibe. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Putri wears a tudor. Bro, bro, I'm shook. You know, if my friends heard you say that, they wouldn't be… Okay. Nah, nah, nah. But I mean, Putri, I don't know. Putri, I, 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 I would be very careful in saying the word, uh, not your average Malay no, person. Malay. I mean, think about it. She spoke about one of the groups that she was in, right? The Quran cuties. <laughs> it's a group of these girls who discuss about Islam, right? And it's Quran cuties with a Q… T-I-E-S. Right? It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you don't really hear people doing that. So I, yeah. I don't know. We just, she didn't strike, she didn't try yeah. to strike you as normal. But fair enough. It, it, yeah. it is a very… Uh, this is still also a one Malaysia episode. Okay, sorry. Hurry yep. up. Go on. Yep. So I'm just an average Malay. Uh, according, <laughs> according to Roshan. Just a normal Malay. <laughs> I podcast as well. I'll talk about that later. I have a background in law. And I'm kind of obsessed with 
uh, local politics when it comes to mm. like the racial aspect because most of my friends are just not Malay. Mm. And uh, I have these conversations all the time and it, I'm super excited to do this on a podcast platform. Mm. And also like people can hear whether I'm reasonable or not. Right. <laughs> but you even… Yeah, sorry Jeremy. You haven't considered doing it on your own podcast? Uh… You know, you'd be surprised. Um, a lot of my guests are Malay, okay. right? And they just don't want to talk about it. Ooh, okay. they, right. it's just not. It's not something they think about a lot, which boggles mm. my mind. Yeah, because it's like everybody else center, thinks about it a lot. <laughs> centerfold in 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 the fabric of our political situation. Sure, mm. that they, they they're generally very apathetic until they get attacked. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yep. So there's this like stereotype with Malay people, right? People like to just say like they tend to be so courteous. They have they, they have this ill inbuilt software supposedly whereby they're very patient, eager to please, but then when you cross the line, like Satan comes out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then um mixing with a lot of like affluent Malay people in their fifties and sixties, whatnot. Uh, I don't agree with this, but this is something like I've heard quite frequently. They say when it comes to Chinese and Indian people, like their bark is worse than their bite, which boggles my mind. Right. But like they among these circles, it seems like that's the perception lah. They the non Malays tend to get angry very quick, but they don't tend to follow through. But <laughs> okay, but is that like you mean a physical like fighting sort of sense, or you mean just in general? It, it means standing up for yourself lah, right, right, and right. what you believe in. Right, 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 mm. right, right. That's interesting. That's an interesting observation. I I I do realize or I've observed that in your podcast you do a lot of examination of um, culture stereotypes. Yeah, and and things like that. Like so, for example, you talk about the date, the differences dating Indians or the mix between Indians, Chinese, yes. Malay Indians, and things like that. <laughs> I love talking about dating. That's another thing I'm obsessed <laughs> about. Yes, and it's interesting because we kind of live in a time where people are very cautious in saying uh, like, oh, Indians date a particular way, or Chinese date a particular way, Malays date a particular way, because yep. you'll be painted as stereotyping. Uh, everybody, <laughs> or right? just or just flat out be called a racist, yeah, or whatever, lah, right? Correct. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's fair to say that there are truths to stereotypes, in the sense that there are cultural norms that do affect the way uh, different communities uh, interact with one another. Mm. I guess to say that every Chinese acts the same way or every Indian acts the same way is wrong, lah. But let's just take a common stereotype: Chinese people are good at math, for example, <laughs> right? Now. I don't think it's too controversial to say that the most Chinese are good at math. They're just brought up in that way. Uh, no, uh, apparently it's just in the statistics. You don't have to look anywhere else. It's in the statistics. Yeah, yeah. Meaning they, they just score. They just score higher. You right. look. You you just investigate the SPM statistics, mm. right? Mm. The Chinese people just tend to do better. You mean for that ad- academically as a whole? Or no, 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 no. Maths, math specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not a stretch. But of course, to say that. All Chinese people are good in maths is wrong. That's ma. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Definitely. You know, because if you yeah. don't recognize cultural differences, you do turn like become… It, it does cause more harm than good in my estimation. La. Yeah, but then… I mean, there there is… The the statistics seem a bit banal. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there doesn't seem to be much harm to it. Sure. But I guess this is one of the more harmless ones. I guess the, <laughs> the, the ones that we're, you know, right. we're really good with money… That's probably a slightly more harmful one, even though I think it's like could be a bit true. Uh, why is it harmful? Yeah, though? why is it harmful? Because I think it can lead to like certain kind of uh so behavioral reactions. So like okay. you know, if again the, the reason that uh, certain social groups or certain racial groups were pointed out as being um what you call it at fault. So I think 
it was again the Jews and the Chinese Yahudi. who who were merchants in a lot of these different these different yes, settings. Yes. Even though that was not universally true, in most cases the merchant class could make up like twenty percent. Mm. In that sense, even Malaysia had like an Indian merchant class that made up maybe ten to twenty percent of its total like Indian subcontinent population. But mm. because this stereotype perpetuates when you know racial violence comes about the stereotype counts right, right, right believing right. these things have an actual like material manifestation mm-hmm. even though it's not statistically true yeah that is a very profound and considered point of view yeah, I, I, I didn't think of it, of it like that before yeah, yeah. fair enough mm-hmm. fair enough I mean that's true you could attack because then you reduce the person to the identity and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter about the personal differences anymore but like you everybody's the same right so I mean, one one statistic that was pointed to in most, not most, in some economic books is that during even, well, we'll get to the we'll get to the affirmative action stuff <laughs> later. But um, at the time of May thirteenth, during the riots, it Ch- Chinese did not control majority of the economy. It looked like, bit they held capital between I think, I can't remember the number. The foreign figure was higher, at least forty to fifty percent. What do you mean foreign figure? Uh, the fig the figures for foreign ownership. Uh, of corporations in Malaysia was higher than that of Chinese domestic capital. What if you compare Chinese domestic capital to everywhere else? To every other race? Do you mean to Malays and Indians? Take, out, oh, the, yeah. take out the foreign aside. What does the proportion look like? Yeah, then then it does look disproportionate. Mm. Okay, so we are already going to our first point. So I'll just bring it up now <laughs> and then we can go into it. No, it's more about What a seamless flow of events. <laughs> um, basically, our first point that we want to talk about was Bumi policies. Yes. Um, I'm just going to put this out there. I know <laughs> nuts about this. I know a little bit. Not enough to justify me having an informed opinion. So I mean, you could just… Whatever whatever you're going to say that is like a stereotype or hearsay, you could just label it and then I guess if we have more, we can just tack on. Because there are things like the property, I would, I would property com- discounts and all that. Yeah, I would be comfortable just labeling everything I say as hearsay and I'm just going to blanket <laughs> that. Right? <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Uh, Harit, you wanted to talk about this in particular. What's your interest in this particular issue, is it… I'm assuming that you feel that the way the media or maybe the Bangsa Bubble community <laughs> paints the picture is not accurate to what's going on at the grassroots level or something along those lines. Am I right or wrong? More or less, yeah. It seems like a lot of the conversation is everyone accusing everyone else of just being hateful. Right. And to some extent, I feel like the discourse is being carried out that way. What I don't see is people going back to history, st- actual statistics, you know, reports, uh, university research papers. No one wants to tackle it from that point of view because to be honest, it's very boring to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that kind of thorough investigation is quite important. And I don't think everyone needs to be an expert on public policy to be able to have a decent grounded opinion. I just think <clears throat> if you just go through the things that I want to bring up today… Uh, statistics, points, point of views. Just, I think if you just look at that, it's enough for you to kind of get like a good understanding of what's going on. Right. So to start off the discussion, right? I just want to say this is my opinion. I don't think boomy policy, like pro boomy policies, are going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And it's just a political reality whereby I don't think, to put it bluntly, nobody has the balls to yeah. to mess with that. And it's just because of the composition of the electorate and in my opinion, no other reason. Mm. 
uh, I'll leave it at that. La. Right. <laughs> I can see Jeremy's thinking. Does yeah. he have follow-up questions? Would no. you say it's the electorate or the electoral system? Because the electoral system tends to reward politicians in certain ways. But but I see where you're going with that. With the gerrymandering and all that, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's, yep. that, that's, that's a that, good yeah. point. No, yeah. but even before we go into that, isn't the… Don't the people… Aren't the people pro the majority of… Because the majority of Malaysia there is, is no data yeah, to it support is. that. But what I think Jeremy was saying is, right, right? Even though they're the majority, the fact that the… What was the phrase you used to describe it? Electoral system? Yeah, the yeah. electoral system. The electoral system is set up in a way that gives the majority an even louder voice. Right. Arguably. Okay. Because of the way the gerrymandering works. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, so that maybe that's not the exact kind of phrasing I would use. Because oh, I'm so I think, sorry, Jeremy. No, no problem. <laughs> because this this delves into like some pretty uh, okay. Complicated is not the right word, but it, I would have to do a bit of explaining. Because in these kind of in these kind of systems where there are no strong outlets, you need a you need a strong coalition. So parties can't stand on their own. Sure. In this kind of in the institutional setup that Malaysia has. It actually rewards extremism. It rewards taking taking policy positions at the polls rather than at the center. So there are incentives for people to play up this boomy policy more than they should because it rewards them at the polls as opposed to moderation. So there but are, that's like a human. No, but the that's the, a human problem, not an electoral problem, right? No, uh, because it's if like, you have, can, can I just say like for example with the media? Yeah, you're going to have the the media always reporting on the things that drive fear mm-hmm. and uh, digest di- decisive issues the most because that's what the people will consume the most, right? So when you have these kind of extreme policies as well, it's easier to sell and pedal to mm. people because there's a market for it. Uh, there is a market for it. Uh, I mean, the media one, I would agree that there is there is a case for sensation, sensationalism selling better. Yep. But there are electoral systems that reward moderates more. This The proportional representation system, for instance, in Germany, okay. right, would, in that sense, reward moderates a bit more. Did you guys talk about this before? I feel, this sounds super familiar. What no. Jeremy was just talking about. No, I don't, think, I don't no. think we have. I oh, don't okay. think we have. Yeah. No, we, we did talk in about, when we were talking about Marxism, we did talk about uh, employees having, uh, <laughs> <laughs> having no. being part of the democratic process. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about that, but I don't think we've spoken about this. But to what Jeremy was saying, right? Uh, it's a very interesting way to run it. It's very progressive, but it seems like it, it would take a very selfless political class to implement the system before anywhere in the world can start seeing something like this happening. There's just no incentive for the politi- political class to do it like that. Wouldn't you say it? Um, so, so it's like very unlikely we'll ever see. So that. if you think about it, like uh, if if you try to understand when electoral systems change, there are a few cases I've looked at. So for instance, Indonesia and the Philippines overthrew dictators before they got their electoral system, and that's why their electoral system is slightly is marginally better than ours. It has local local council elections. It has proportional representation. So, so just to explain a bit of what proportional representation is, in case the audience doesn't know, because right now I also don't know. No. All right, so right now we vote for for districts, right? So in a three-corner fight, if BN gets forty percent, PH gets thirty percent, PAS gets thirty percent, the guy who won forty percent is going to win. First past the post. First past the post. Proportional representation could be a combination of things. So um, Germany has half their parliament be first past the post. The other half is a party list system. So you have a list of candidates. People just vote, and let's say the total vote is a hundred thousand. This party got fifty thousand. The other party got thirty thousand. The other party got twenty thousand. They get seats based on that proportion in the second half. Right. So it's 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 more proportional. It will rewards. It will. So if you run a small party, 
for instance, the party socialist, the socialist party of Malaysia. Yeah, if we yes, ran, if we ran a party list system, I love that he picked that example. <laughs> oh yeah, go on. Of course, it would be my example. <laughs> but, not, yeah, no. To be fair, P, yeah. P, PSM is a great party, lah. And I think they've stuck to their principles. Gun, principal yeah, guns. Yeah. They, they haven't sold out at all, lah. They're yeah. the only one. People were saying they were stupid for not selling out. I mean, sell out is a strong word, lah. But they didn't compromise, lah. Anything. So yeah, fair enough. Okay, sorry. So but back to that. In the party system, they will get at least one seat. They wouldn't have to sit there and negotiate with all the other parties. Please let me run that kind of thing. So party list system would be more. Uh, it would reward moderation because anybody could run, right? As opposed to a first past the post system where you just play to the majority and you play and you look at gerrymandering as like a real tool to win. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I think it makes a difference in terms of how political systems incentivize. Uh, political parties kind of like leanings and how they play yeah. politics. So. Yeah. so the biggest uh, Bumi policy that I know of that is always spoken about and is very controversial is the is NAP and EP mm. and how effective or successful it sure. was. Do you guys have any comments on that? Yeah, it was very successful in the sense that it probably lifted a lot of um, Malay people out of poverty. Millions from Mil- Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the poverty rates were ridiculous. Right. Mm. Uh Forgive me, I'm pulling the figures out of my head, right? Sure. But in the range of like 50% poverty rate, yeah. Yep. J- Jeremy's nodding. That's Jeremy's a good, nodding. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do this research for yeah. uh, something I do at my day job on Orang Asli. Yeah. Because the Orang Asli are technically covered under the NEP. There you go. But they've been completely marginalized. Mm. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. they, they are boomies as well. They are technically mm. boomies. They are boomies. And just mm. for everyone's information, even Sabahans and Sarawakians are boomies. Yep. Yes. So you could have, like for example, my church, I'm, I'm Catholic. The Catholic church, technically, 80% of the entire Catholic Church is Bumi. Mm. People don't realize that because yeah. 80% of the Catholic Church is Saban and Sarawakian. Mm. So it's, it's it's pretty crazy that way. Yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead. So 50% poverty. Yeah, and then it diminished that to the point where it's almost negligible to the sense that everyone can basically get a meal. Mm. Yep. So we're kind of blessed to live in that kind of country now. But at the same time, we have to take into account that the world is seeing this trend anyway. So maybe it's not so special. It might not be tied directly to NEP. Mm-hmm. Just wider economic prosperity in general. Like we're, Apparently, we're just going through a time where poverty worldwide is just being eradicated at a faster rate than it has ever been. No, yeah, right? that's true. So, so well. you need to balance those two viewpoints whereby is it a direct effect of the NEP or not? And to, I don't, I'm not uh, equipped to answer that, sure. <laughs> to be honest. But uh, I want to take it uh, from this angle first. Yeah? So when discussing whether or not Bumiputra policies like, have any merit to justify its existence, like, I think we should always start from a point of empathy. Like I really feel for people who are down on their luck, who are not, Bumis, like especially poor Chinese, poor Indians. When I say poor Chinese, right, people think like they're unicorns that don't exist. Yeah. But like, oh, boy. no, for Chinese, lah. Yeah, Chinese. yeah, for, for Chinese. Indians. <laughs> look, Indians get the worst of all of it, okay? Yes. So, <laughs> Indi- everyone knows Indian people don't mm, do well, yeah. and everyone is like, too bad. <laughs> or they're not just yeah. not looking, lah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I really feel for people who, for example, want a better shot at education, but arguably are denied the opportunity to do so um, because of their birthing, birthing circumstances. <laughs> circumstances of birth. Right. Right? <laughs> I, I, I don't feel as much for non-boomies who are rich. Okay? And I want to mm. go into why. So, I also feel at the same time 
for my own Malay community in the sense that there's a tangible sense of in a, in al- tangible sense of alienation and feeling left out of their quote unquote country. Whether those feelings are justified or not is a question mm. we should ask, and I want to tackle later. But we need to empathize that the feeling is there. So you are brought up with this idea, whether it's true or not, but you're brought up with this idea that you, this is your land, your ancestors came here, administered it, okay? It's this idea of the predominant peoples. And I want to bring up a book called The Malay Dilemma by Mahathir, Malay, yeah. which is like, I think one of the most important books. Yeah, it's uh, a phenomenal in, in, book. And I like, there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of problems with that book. And the, the biggest Jewish problem… doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never got that far. <laughs> so he talks a lot about the idea of the predominant peoples. Okay, so uh, that's the first argument that I want to tackle when it comes to Bumi policies. Okay, the predominant peoples should not be left behind. And he points to two countries, Japan and uh, United States, um, to sort of elucidate what he means by predominant peoples. When people go to the United States of America, there's a strong pressure to sort of assimilate, to speak English. And the reason, the reason that is, is because the predominant peoples, quote-unquote, have established themselves as the administers of the land. And therefore, they... This is me par- paraphrasing at this point. But therefore, they get to sort of perpetuate their standards of language and commerce and to, to a large extent, culture. Mm. In, like... So, the, he was saying in his book, there's no question that the Anglo… What are they called? Anglo-Saxon. Is it? Mm, the people from the… Some of my family members like to call ourselves Anglo-Indians, but I don't think it's very accurate. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> I, think it's Anglo, I think it's Anglo-Saxons. The, the people yeah, from yeah, India. Yeah. Germanic, Germanic… Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, that, that Northern European sort yeah. of uh, yeah. Yeah, background, right? Uh, okay, where was I going with this? Similarly, in Japan, like there's no question that even though the Japanese are not the native people of Japan, they're descendants of Han Chinese, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. but because they have sort of perpetuated themselves in their land, they have administered it, they have become the predominant people. So he was arguing that Malay people are the predominant people in Malaya. He said Malaysia, but I think it was wrong for him to say that. Mm-hmm. Because, right? Mm. So, Malaya may be accurate. There's an arguable case for it. Because we administered the land through sultanates, our sultanates through warfare, yeah? there was no question that the lingua franca, not mm. only in Malaya, but throughout the archipelago, Nusantara, mm. was Malay. So, in that sense, it's convincing, okay? Mm. That at one point in time, that Malay people were the predominant culture, predominant quote-unquote race. But then I think about the circumstances of independence, right? And I think about what we've done so far to take care of and uplift the Malay people. It seems to me like it's just time that we abandon this idea that the Malay identity has exclusive rights to call themselves like sons of the soil. (laughs) At this point, I feel like we're at a point where it sounds a bit ridiculous you know, my brothers and sisters who are not Malays, who's, who stay here, who are citizens, know nothing else. Mm. It's not like they can go back to Guangzhou <laughs> right. or Tamil Nadu know or Chennai. <laughs> you know what I mean? All they know is Malaysia. No, it's so, really crazy because you could go traveling abroad, right? And you could listen to people speak and you can identify when 
someone is coming from Malaysia and Singapore. Absolutely. From the way they speak. Oh my God, I love that. You know, when a, like a Malaysian speaks to a Chinese person, Malaysian Chinese, the way they speak Mandarin makes me laugh so much. <laughs> uh, Sharon, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I, I want to like impersonate it. So people from, from China, they sound like this kind of like... But the ones... When you hear Mandarin here, it's a much sweeter, <laughs> chill... You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand what you mean, but I will not re- re- I will not. Re- I like how it. the only Chinese guy <laughs> is staying silent here. <laughs> because I don't think I can do the Malaysian one justice either. So it's okay. I won't do either. Thank you. Oh man, I'm gonna get cancelled uh, for this. It's so bad. No Chinese. One people. day, fifteen years from now, when I'm running for like court of appeal judge, <laughs> someone is gonna cut that portion. The Chinese <laughs> embassy makes a phone call. It will like deny Roshan the, the confirmation. Okay. Um, let's get back yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, despite me having that point of view, right, I really struggle with the, the what I would term, this is me now saying, like the modern Malay dilemma whereby you feel really left out in a lot of culture and economics. And I want to I wanna go through this. A lot of commerce, and I don't think you'll deny it, is carried out in English. Uh, okay? Especially big commerce. Okay, yeah. Fair, okay? fair, fair. Is that more accurate? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, accurate. Big commerce. A lot of law firms, right? MNCs. Sure. Like even MNCs. And sorry, I'm not… Uh, GLCs. GLCs. Even in GLCs. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of them… English, yeah, yeah, they prefer English. Bank Nagara, like I'm shook out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, just definitely. wants to speak English. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so there's a sense of like, oh, there are some spaces that are definitely not for me. Even places yeah. you won't believe, like Securities Commission. Yeah, yes. Yeah. They, they speak, oh my they god. Speak English, yeah. Yeah, but, but then, but then you have to kind of when someone says that and you feel for them, you kind of also have to shoot back and say, but you have your own spaces too that are not for them. Right. For example, a lot of them would feel alienated in government sectors, right? right? In certain mm. political spaces. So, <laughs> it's all about like. Acknowledging how people feel first. For sure. Right? Yeah. Because like I think like you can't argue a feeling is invalid. It's just a feeling. <laughs> yeah. You know? You can get jealous for bad reasons. You can get angry for bad reasons, but you feel it. The feeling could be could result from a misinformed place, but the feeling is valid nevertheless. Yeah. For sure, hundred percent. Okay. The last example that I really empathize with, and this one I personally struggle with as well, is that more more and more, like the trend is that the Malay people feel being squeezed out of urban spaces. And anecdotally, I really feel that because whenever I'm walking, for example, let's say I'm just walking in Mid Valley, I'm like, yo, where are my people at? You know? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Now, whether that's actually grounded in reality or not is a different question because lots of Malays live in urban areas. What? Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not mm-hmm. there. Maybe there's one shop but, in Bangsa that you need to go to. <laughs> and, it, and it could be a cultural thing, to be fair, because. Again, this also like an anecdotal thing. But from my experience with my Chinese friends, they are more into going to like… Mayvalley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going, to, going, to, going to shopping complexes in general. Sharon, you like Mayvalley? <laughs> yeah, she nodded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But shopping complexes in general, that, there's a culture there, yeah. you know. Like I actually know uh, Chinese families that they take Sundays and they go to the mall together. My family does that. <laughs> right. My family only does that for Christmas. <laughs> or a movie. Or a movie the most. We, My family honestly doesn't have like a shopping culture. And that applies for my extended family as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it mm-hmm. could be a cultural thing. But yeah, 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 I get your point. Right. So there's this feeling of near suffocation. Right. Like, mm-hmm. where is my place in this world? Mm-hmm. Like, 
we we claim. I'm not saying me Harith. I'm saying I'm I'm speaking from the Malay point of view. Okay, we feel this sense of attachment through our history tied to this land. But more and more, I feel like I don't have a say in what goes on in this country, which, in my opinion, is probably inaccurate because mm. you only need to look, point to the political class, right? But like, but you could when, argue they don't represent you in one. Yeah, you could, yeah, and right? that, then then we'll go it. down like an endless pit. We'll be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like to keep it simple, it, it feels like that. Um, I think it will be accurate to say, in the economic sense, a lot of Malays feel displaced, lah. In the economic sector of our society, yeah, in the political I, class, there's no argument anymore. In my opinion, you just can't. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What do you mean by the political class? There's no. There's no argument that you have a say in the politics of our country, just by the fact of what Jeremy said earlier, the nature of the electoral design, right, and your demographic as the majority, clear majority in this country. The Malay vote is so powerful. It's without yeah. a doubt. It's without a yeah. Doubt. To the point where they can offshoot three classes, three parties now that are <laughs> in a current mess. <laughs> yeah. No, but I do think that this point on… Okay, so just two things from my side. Okay, one is I I think that this sort of cultural isolation is so important to talk about and mustn't be dismissed and should be part of the conversation. Because what it does lead to is a type of fanaticism, uh, extremism. A paranoia. Like paranoia. They're out to get us. They're you out know, to get I, us. I was talking to uh, my uh, cousin my cousin yesterday and he's staying in Belgium now. And I don't know why we came to this part of the conversation where he was saying, it's, we, we're talking about, I asked him whether he had an opinion on Brexit, right? Then he was saying, he was talking about the British people, how annoying he was. And he said, <laughs> it almost felt like when the, you joined, when the, the, everyone joined the EU, every nationality became more extreme. Interesting. Be, because, really? in that sense, because it's like, in, I can give you a better example. You have an Indian in Malaysia who's like more Indian because he's like, you know, a bit insecure about his Indianness. <laughs> so he overplays and becomes over in like oh, super Indian yeah. that even people in India don't really recognize. They're him. like, yo, chill. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. And so, but that's because he feels uh, unsettled or insecure about his own cultural identity, right? So if we don't recognize how the larger Malay community feels, and they feel isolated, it will lead to, I think, a type of overplay. You'll, you'll see people talk about things like Malay identity that they would otherwise have not spoken about, but they're only talking about it because of, of this isolation that they're feeling. It's not really true, if you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. But second thing is, is Bumi policy is the way to fix that though. I, I, or is that is that for later? <laughs> so yeah, I, I have my solution at the end. Uh, okay, Jeremy, what 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 are your two cents from uh, Harit's uh, points? I mean the the acknowledging feelings part, no problem. Mm. Um, I'm just curious a bit more on like the what for predominant people's argument. That one, that one, that one I get, but that that one I have an interesting. I mean, I'm not sure if I buy it so much because like yeah, I don't buy it either. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I always like to point out to people. Technically, I can trace five generations here. There are Malays who can't even chase three or four. So like, if you want to say who How is that possible first, though? What do you mean? They don't know who their great-great-grandparents are. Some people came from Indonesia. Yeah. They know. They know which tribe they came from. They can tell you they are like… Uh, I forgot the names of all these. <laughs> but these I Malay mean, subsets. But Malays coming from Indonesia, I would 
think would be very small, right? The numbers. Mm. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Right? Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. It seems like nobody can say they're just Malay. Mm-hmm. Every Malay you meet Swimming. is some kind of something. Oh, the boogies. There's yeah. a bunch, right. there's oh, a bunch of different groups. There's yeah. actually a reason for that, you know. It seems like this, this concept of Malay is like a super sponge absorber of races. Mm-hmm. In the sense that we used to have like Javanese. We used to have yep. boogies. Right? Yeah, yeah, we used to have a bunch. And then people just suddenly woke up and said, you know what? Screw it. We're just Malay. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. All our prime ministers can trace their lineage to some sort, to something else other than Malay. For example, yeah, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Abah is uh, Javanese. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. I, Najib is Bugis. Bugis, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that. Yeah, Mate is uh, <laughs> some… Okay, I don't want to continue. Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. That one we have no evidence <laughs> to back. La. If, he, if he gave yeah, his yeah. birth certificate… <laughs> okay, let's go with that. Yep. One one had, had Chinese. One had yep. Arab. Some sort of Arab. Yep, I know which one. So, yeah. yeah. To be safe, let's not name names. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, but the, but the ones see, that are not in power are not coming to get you. The, no, no problem. All the prime ministers file dem- defamation suits against me. I'm like, what? <laughs> except, the, except the first one who was royalty. La, a bit hard. I would think. No? Because uh, okay. Royalty Aruku. from where? Do you know? Because Tunku Aru- uh, I can't remember which state. Uh, I know it's… No, but even… Uh, wasn't… Tunku Aru- No, but even Hussein on… Uh, oh, Hussein on, yes. Uh, Tunku Abdul… What? Was he… Yeah. I'm sure he was. La, he though. was. He yeah, was. He, on Jaffa, kind... it has royalty. I need to check that. No, no. I, I mean, sure. the first sultan. Apparently, the first some, prime minister. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. The first prime minister <laughs> had some sort of mix as well. Apparently. Oh, I just okay. can't… Re- it just, it's not coming to me right okay. now. But basically, every one of them has… They can't claim to be, I'm Malay, Malay. No. Yeah. You don't talk about progressive dating. Tunku was a legend. La. Huh? He married a Chinese lady. Right? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Think second wife though. Yo, OG man. <laughs> I don't second know that wife? much. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm okay. not mistaken. Mm. Okay. I'm very sure he married a Chinese lady but I'm not sure what the number mm. is. La. So I want to wrap up the predominant <laughs> people argument. Sure. Okay. I, I think it can be summarized like this. I feel you but like, I think it's time for a change because you can't claim… In my opinion, like, it's long overdue that you can't just claim your own culture is tied to the land anymore because we, we were, sta- we're staying in a house with a, group, a large chunk where people have sort of a different heritage from you. So your position is uh, boom policies were legit, valid, needed, but now not so needed or might be doing more harm than in, good? In, in the sense of the predominance people argument, whereby the predominant people shouldn't be left behind anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not a reason to quote-unquote save you to sort of push you up anymore just because you're the predominant people. So that, that, that's one of the reasons used that we should protect Malay people. It's because they're the predominant people. I'm saying if there's a reason to protect you, it's not because of this. Mm, you're just knocking down the you're just yeah. knocking down this argument. Yeah. yeah, just maybe there's another reason, but it's not this reason that mm. you're the so we can go into income and all that after this. Okay. But okay. We, we just talk about the racial element first. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay, if okay. we're going to house people who are from different like ethnicities and uh Heritage, like I think we should be accommodating, and we should finally say, you know, like you and me, like like we're equals in this land, no matter what. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I I think we we need it's overdue already. Maybe there was a time in the beginning when Malays were displaced, pushed into the rural parts of this country, except for the administrate administrators who stayed urban, and people who were pushed out of economic of the economic life for many reasons. One because the British decided it. Two, because uh, they couldn't keep up with the skill apparently. So the tradesmen that came from China and India <clears throat> were, according to Mahate, 
more skilled. Mm. I don't know if he's right or not. And he was Be- arguing… Because there's some… There's some it, it hints at you, the idea of like it being passed down through your genes or whatever. Ah, we can, we can, <laughs> he had another argument there. We can talk about no, it. No, but I can kind of… I, it might be wrong, but I can kind of see the argument. It might be a, a factually wrong, but I can get it. Like you have type of person… It takes a type of person to travel, to come across, you know, to, to travel quite a big distance, to put down roots here, to build, to be confident in building a business. And you also have… There is… Um, uh, immigrant mindset that yeah. that is very you know yeah. if you see immigrants in America or or wherever there is a type of immigrant mindset that is very powerful like, because you're there you don't have anything yeah. you go, you're going into it knowing that you have to build something from scratch right and you pass that on to your children definitely but yeah. I don't think that's what Mahathir is hinting at Mahathir is hinting at almost <laughs> he's like, saying like a genetic thing yeah. is it? No, like your, your, the first ma- of all, your math is <laughs> genetically burned into your blood <laughs> I want to… I'm bastardizing it, but it's about there. You're actually not. So, <laughs> he, he, he talked about it. He talked about it. First, I want to just say, Mahate, in other words, said exactly what both of you said. So, there's the immigrant mindset for sure, number one. Okay. But he gave an explanation as to why when you put it on an equal playing field, Malays tend to lose the economic game. He put it down to genetic factors, one, and um, societal, cultural factors. So when he talked about genetic factors, right? Uh, and he admitted in his book that this is not based on some deep anthropolo- anthropological study or, or any hard These data. These are just his observations. He, he said it in a very politically correct way that I'm just talking shit. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously… And this, everybody heard him. <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense, guys. Hear me out. Just hear me out. So he was saying… It's like when you're drunk. <laughs> hey guys, I'm going to say some crazy shit. But… Alright? Just, just yeah. hear me out. <laughs> so… He doesn't get that pass. <laughs> Paraphrasing, but this is what he said, okay? Malayan Peninsula was a bountiful land. Yeah, if you're hungry, just put your hand up. There's a mango. Pull it down, eat it. Yeah, there, there, there's no famine, no crazy war, no, <laughs> no crazy pandemics that wiped out populations. You contrast that with China, which, which has a rich history of war, death, killing, disease, famines, endless, endless, endless famines. So he was arguing that the only the toughest of the Chinese could pass down their genes whereby imbeciles in the Malayan Peninsula could easily <laughs> propagate their genes. So you do… Oh, I hope that was a direct quotation. No, no. Oh, oh, okay. but, but you do that, you, you, you times that by like thousands of generations, what you get are two very different people. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's the genetic component of it. Now, now that's the cultural component. So Malay civilization, right? Uh, except for recently, has, I wouldn't say rich history, but like a tendency to interbreed whereby it is perfectly acceptable. And in some cases where you are voluntary, voluntarily celibate, no one wants you, okay? Where it's… Very Involuntarily. Inverto- yeah, like it's… Incels lah. No, mm-hmm. they didn't have that word back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you couldn't find someone to marry. Like it's totally acceptable. And when you, when you can't find anyone, encouraged that you marry your cousin. Right. Now, it, it used to be really common. Whereby Mate was saying in his book that in China, like, uh, I don't know how he knows, but he was saying <laughs> that uh, it's encouraged to go to another village and find a bride. So like, <laughs> I'm like, that's very specific, bro. <laughs> where, where did, does the book has… Cite- now I really want to see <laughs> if the book has citations. If they're all stories he heard from his neighbours… <laughs> We're screwed. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Uh, An entire party is founded with this guy. <laughs> he, was, he was arguing that genetic diversity like that has 
has bred a healthy populace whereby the inbreeding through generation after generation has created a sort of Wow, I'm superhuman. <laughs> no, no, in no. Malaysia, in Malaysia. <laughs> I, no, but I don't understand. Non-superhuman. Thank you. Wait, 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 I don't understand. Non-superhuman. That's the best word. <laughs> Politically correct. No, yeah. I don't understand. Well, how can inbreeding help? You no, know, no, in, it doesn't saying, help. He's saying it's bad. Yeah, oh, in oh, you Malaysia. mean the Malay, correct. The Malay community, correct, there correct. was inbreeding. Yeah. yeah. Because you marry your cousin. Mohati is mad, man. He's a crazy guy. Wait, why, why? I mean, to say that, you no, know, that means he's trying to say that the Malay community has like weak genes. In a, that's another way to phrase what he's saying. But if he's saying that, that's crazy, though. No, but yeah, he I mean, said that's it. That's why though. it borders on eugenics. But but he said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I'm really surprised. So, but but, but not in those exact words, ah. Huh? Uh, <laughs> skirted around. Yeah. No, but okay. Let me just rephrase. Let, tell me whether I'm listing. I've misunderstood this. He said Chinese people have come down here, have had a process of sort of filtering of genes that only the strongest have pulled yeah. through. Plus the immigrant culture, they've come in so they're built to succeed. Everything is set up for them to succeed in that way. Lah, yeah, right? and the British helped as well. Okay, so but that's, like, yeah. that, that's the other yeah, side. Yeah. But, but with, whereas with the Malay community, they live in a land that was so prosperous. So they're kind of uh, like the, you know, the dodo. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is the phrase he used, okay? Imbeciles could reproduce. Oh damn, son! So he's saying there's like an imbecile gene that's being passed on, <laughs> and that because of inbreeding, inbreeding that made it worse. The the inbreeding Dude. is a byproduct of apparently the Malay culture hating celibacy. So they'll encourage you to get married if you're single. Just right. do we have a cousin? You know, Wait, so even the dumbest could reproduce is what he's saying. Oh, okay. You're saying yeah. there's no selection process. Therefore. Correct. There's no oh, okay. natural selection right. per se because no matter what, you're gonna reproduce. <laughs> But, so, but wasn't that the case with Chinese and Indians as well? No, dumb people got. I mean, you could argue. Got killed off through yeah, the yeah, wars if, and the if, famine. If if you if you had some someone, deficiency, someone saw a dog, ate it raw, died. Thank God that guy is dead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, no, um, I get what you're saying. What, what do you call it when you take an argument to ridiculous proportions? To exaggeration, this, I mean, there's uh, ad hominem, strawman. Yes, strawman. I, I think so. Okay. I think that's oh, what, strawman yeah, is yeah. an oversimplification yeah, of an yeah, argument. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, no, I'm not strawmaning anymore. Am I? No, no. For comedic effect, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out that you were doing it. <laughs> no, even if I think, how am I going to steal man his argument? He's still saying that the gene, the gene pool is so one is. He's saying one is a strong gene pool, one's a weak gene pool. That's what he's saying, right? Basically, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Fair. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Sorry. So that's yeah. why. That's why. Like apparently, if you put them on an equal playing field, Doom. like one side is doomed. <laughs> Right? So Mahathir that, is talking about equity. Wow. Fair no, enough. That's what he's no, saying. But, 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 this is eugenics. I don't… <laughs> no, I don't, so that's how he justifies the booming policies. Uh, that's another argument. That's not predominant people's argument yeah. anymore. But but that's… Uh, yeah, I didn't want to talk about that today. But <laughs> but we went there so… Not today. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about it. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this is a whole other argument. But I'm really concerned about that because… Now, now we're going into the social justice aspect of it, right? Mm. In my opinion, Bumiputra policies are very social justice in the sense that you're going for racial equality. A lot of the policies look left-leaning, if you ask me. Mm. Yep. yep. So that's very but, interesting. Yep. Uh, I think the reason why uh, there's a perception but, in the left in Malaysia that it's not left-leaning the policies is because it's catering to the majority. No, actually, uh, they have a good argument. I, I have a good counter to that. Yeah, I do too. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. 
Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to say. So maybe okay. we can go with Harit first. Yeah, go with Harit okay. Uh, the social justice, right? I think it's very left-leading but falls short. Mm, okay. Because it is… The, its foundations are lofty at best in my opinion. Okay? I think we need to go back. Like, let's look at the average income argument first. Okay? okay so sure. if, we, if we investigate um, racial income now… Okay? The Bumiputras are the lowest. On top of them are the Indians. And then at the very top, it's the Chinese. Average income. I can't… Sorry, I'll give you the link Indian, later. Indians' average income is higher than… Higher Malays. than Malays. Okay. Yeah. Not only by a small margin. It's clear. Okay. It's okay. clear. Okay. Which, which interested the hell out of me. Um, there are some problems with this though. Because Bumiputra is not just Malay. Okay? So you could argue that the fact that non-Malays who, in my opinion, are quite marginalized in many ways, are pulling down that average. But let's stick to the argument that even without pulling down the, that average, that Malays are still at the bottom rung. Uh, I think it's very misleading to look at statistics and say, ah, Malays earn less on average, therefore we are oppressed. Because it's too simple. It's a simple, too simple a picture. Uh, I have it on good authority, right? That income distribution within the Indian community is very uh, unequal. Yeah, 100%. Whereby, for some reason in this community, the rich are rich. Yep. Okay? There's a middle class that does well. But supposedly, proportion-wise, the B40 in this country are um, predominantly Indian compared to their proportion of the population. They suffer more in, in the B40. Yeah. And I think there are many reasons for that. And I, 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 I put it down to… Uh, bias, okay? Yep. Bias against Indian people. Let's be honest. Yeah. And indirect political oppression. Indirect because by helping another people, by helping one group unfairly, you're disadvantaging another group. Right. Right? So, because of these two factors… And I also, there are cultural differences within the Indian community that would play a part. Mm. That doesn't help if I'm honest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That doesn't no, help I think it's a really, really important… Yeah. I wouldn't chalk it up to that. Because… Um, chalk it up. You wouldn't chalk what to what? Uh, I wouldn't chalk the the inequality up to some of these cultural factors and all that. And I would think it's more historic because I think I've told this story before because um, Indians, poor Indians primarily work… I don't, can't remember the, the names of the specific castes. But… Um, Dalit? Dalit is the… I don't yeah, think they use Dalit here. Probably like Tamil or something. But I, I, I won't be specific because I can't no, remember. So, okay. There are different ethnicities that come from India. Mm -hmm. So, you have these different ethnicities, you have like Ceylonese, no, Ceylonese is Sri Lanka, sorry. You have Malayalis, Telugus, Tamils. That's the region you come from. Mm -hmm. Within those different states, you have a class system. Not class, sorry, you have a caste system. Yeah, I just right? did, I just, so who worked the plantations? So, the majority of Indians that came to Malaysia are from Tamil Nadu. So, they are okay. all Tamils. Okay. And so within the that community itself, mm -hmm. they have their own caste system. Correct. But, I think that Tamils as a whole, all those who came and worked in the rubber estates, uh, they are the ones who, are, who they are sort of herit, uh, inherited. Um, they are they are the the, the cycle that keeps on turning lah. Correct. Right? Okay. So yeah. so that 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 specific group, regardless of class, regardless of caste, yep. uh, these people were displaced from the estates because when the NEP was brought about and Felda went about, you know, nationalizing and redistributing right. the land to what would become Malay settlers, the Indians were displaced. And you can watch an Al Jazeera documentary. Yeah, this is up. true. Yeah, yeah. So there's a historic reason why they've been marginalized and why 
this certain this particular group have been marginalized. And also the Silonis and the other Indians who may have been in a professional class and the merchant class were not part of this group that were marginalized. And so the income inequality it just goes on because these groups are no longer helped and the Felda schemes necessarily push them out into yeah. low-cost flats and whatever. But, but so, that's also why I say it's a cultural thing because um, the Indians that were brought in to work in the estates, states. the culture is very different. I'm talking about like, you know, the culture in terms of how they perceive education and things okay. like that. So like, for example, my family, uh, generally, well, my grandparents were managing the estates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my On my dad's side, uh, my grandparents were uh, public uh, JKR workers. Okay. Okay. Not as privileged. They also had to build themselves up, but they were still in like a management type of position. Yeah. Position. Mm. So they raised the children very differently from different Indian communities. So that's why, in a way, it's a kind of it's a cross between cultural plus all these other factors. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean by cultural. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring up that it had more historic kind of roots. Like, so, but think- can I just interject here, Jeremy? So what do you think? Do you think that in the in this case, when one particular group, the, the Malay uh, uh, class or, or, or race or community is doing so badly, is there then, in a way, economically they're a minority, is there then a justification, an equity justification to prop up affirmative policies to prop them up? Mm. It's weird. I never actually thought about it that way. I would say yes. Because, uh, like it or not, if you look at... So... Our country has turned out very differently in the sense that the predominant people have taken power. In, for instance, if you look across Latin America, uh, Latin America, they don't play this race thing very much, but I think people, people sort of know. Because when, when the Europeans showed up in Latin America, obviously some intermarried. And so there's not so much of a distinction between who is European and who's native. Or no, who's it's complicated African. there. The lines are very blurred. Correct. The lines the, are very the, blurred. They've... Marry, intermarried too much. Correct. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. yeah. So it is complicated, but largely because Europeans came with capital and therefore they were able to occupy a higher class, the inequality there is severe. To the point that when all these leftist governments came to power, they needed, I mean, not they needed, but their populist agenda had mass appeal because people were so massively impoverished. And a large number of them were indigenous and Afro- uh, Latino, right. meaning they had African descent, uh, African uh, blood, and they intermarried either with the Europeans, not likely the Europeans, like, more likely the indigenous people. So in these cases, they do do affirmative actions in the same way we do. Right, right. That was my that that's what I'm getting at, and there, it has it has effects that, you know, you could see to be much better. So that that's all led me to the idea that execution was pro- problematic, and this leads to an idea that. Non-Malay people bring up once in a while, they would say that we're not against helping poor Malays. We are just against the unequal playing field because of things like the property taxes and all the exemptions. No, so like what I would say is, as a layperson, why can't I just help all poor people? Why do I need to only help one particular? Yeah, and I'm and I'm in favor of universal programs. Uh, it's just um, the way I would phrase it is that it is in that sense race sensitive rather than race specific. So you can have universal programs. I would have much rather it be a universal program. Mm-hmm. But because, like you said, there are cultural differences in how to administer right. aid. So you, you could want to just tailor a bit of that universal program to fit particular races in terms of administering. But but, if it, so there is a proper justification for booming policies. 
uh, I wouldn't call them boomy policies. I would call them like universal policies with. No, I mean, angle. I mean the policies that have been uh, implemented up to this point. Uh, for all the good it's done, lifted millions out of poverty. It had it had positive effects, but after that it became marginal because to me, the way I've read the narrative is that up there was it could I think it's genuinely just during the Mahate administration. The Mahate administration, and I think an early obsession of the NEP was Bumi Putra ownership. So they believe that because the Chinese capitalist class, I wouldn't even say the Chinese own so much wealth, the Chinese capitalist class owns so much wealth, to address the imbalance, the Malays must own some capital, right? They must own these assets or must have participation in the market. The way they decided to redress that was to set up all these like GLICs and all that. That's an interesting point. You know, you look at income aside, right? Um, it's very difficult to ascertain wealth distribution in this country in terms of assets because… You should uh, go and look at… Transparency is a problem. No one has to yeah. declare it. I mean, no, you can get away with not declaring. So, you know, the top yeah. 10 richest uh, Malaysians, it's, it's a source of like racial incitation. Is that mm -hmm. the word? It incites a lot of hate because it's like 8 out of 10 Chinese or yeah. something. There's one but, Indian guy. Yeah. <laughs> Doni Fernandez. Yeah. Hey, no, 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 no. Ananda no, no, no. Krishnan. Yeah. Krishna, but, but, but when I look yeah. at that list, yeah, top 10, right? I, I'm just wondering, hey, we have so many rich politicians. What if they all like Declare. disclose their assets? Would <laughs> some of them make that list? You know what I mean? Because some so, of them have made bank, man. That's what I'm saying. Some of them so, have made bank. We have no idea about wealth distribution. So it's really hard to think about policy because we don't really know where we're at also. There, there but, are interesting <laughs> substitutes because um, you can go and look up the work done by Dr. Muhammad Khalid. This guy, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He was the secretariat for the Council of Eminence person. He's an economist. Sure. Um, he's, done, he's done studies. Isn't that uh, Joe… What, what's that guy? Joko? Jolo? Jono? No. <laughs> Jolo? Jo no, J. Cole. No, no Jomo. <laughs> Jomo. Jomo, Jomo, Jomo. No, Jomo, Jomo didn't do work on inequality specifically. Right. But this guy wrote a book called The Colors of Inequality. He points out that across… What's happened is inequality overall has fallen. But intra-class inequality has widened. Meaning the rich have gotten richer. The poor have gotten much poorer. Mm. Right. Uh, uh, that makes the sense. In terms of income or wealth or uh, sort of both? I think he can… I, he could only access income. There we go. Yeah, mm -hmm. but okay. but wealth he had some interesting ways of uh, substituting it. He looked mm -hmm. at carpet, like luxury car purchases. That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, oh. so he he did that, and he also was able to ah. access EPF, um, EPF or the sums in EPF, and said that I see something like you can make assumptions, lah. Yeah, it's a single that. digit. So I I remember called it's two percent has more than half of the EPF. Uh, under their name. So, it's 2%. There's some, there's some single digit really ridiculous figure but yes, a very small number of people occupy, if the EPF is 1 billion, they, they have half of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, inequality is, is, is huge and primarily these, I would guess, are the, the upcoming Malay capitalist class that Mahathir tried to create. Because, sure, right. sorry, just to quickly, just to quickly segue why I brought up ownership because there was a concerted effort that okay, we can't just have these. We can't just have these GLs, GLICs, government-linked investment companies, hold assets on behalf of the Malays. We have to create a class of Malay industrialists, people who would be the people on that top ten list, right? So Mahate actually tried to create these like giants of industry uh, through his protege Daim and all his all their all their apprentices below. He but did to some extent. To some extent, but nowhere near. I mean, the what reason, he wanted. Yeah, nowhere, nowhere near what he wanted. wanted. Mm. So the the 
it's not the original sin of the NEP, but the NEP was flawed in that it tried to pursue Malay equality through equity ownership. It tried to push this agenda. It tried these various ways, but it always failed because... It just turned Malay people into professional middlemen. Yeah. Whereby you get you this just, structure of Alibaba companies. You just have to stamp, oh, yeah, stamp, so. stamp stuff and sign mm. off, basically. Yeah. It's a huge, I would say, industry. I deal with a lot of them myself and I'm not going to go into it because of time constraints but like it's a it's a real <laughs> headache you know. Mm. It's like you for Chinese and Indians sometimes right if you want to do certain business that's like a that's like a Chinese tax or an <laughs> Indian tax and that tax is being paid to professional middlemen to own ownership in your company and sit down. Uh, mm. <laughs> um Mahathir actually talks about this in his uh, Malay. <laughs> but the way the way he justified it was he said Better to have at least some rich Malays than no rich Malays. Yeah, that was his and defense. That, yeah. yeah. No, but the problem is you have the poor Malays who still feel poor who then blame the Chinese. Yes, no, correct. But Does he have trickle-down economics in the Malay dilemma? Does he believe not, that not, the not, rich will give to the poor? Uh, he, I, I didn't remember that I, being okay. mentioned. But to be fair, the Malay dilemma… You don't believe in that. No, but… <laughs> I mean, I don't know. No, but to be fair, the Malay dilemma did come out about… The, the, 1970s. Uh, yeah, Reagan's Just, administration though. Wasn't it like wasn't it like right before he took power? No, seventies. So he was he wouldn't have been in power yet. Yeah, he, he was power in the eighties, correct? There you go. Who? Mahathir, Mahathir, Mahathir came to power in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So but he wrote his manifesto like right before. <laughs> Guys, I want to get on to your topics. No, no, so, no. I think we can no, no. Okay, can stick we, on this. Can we wrap? No, no, no we'll we, stick okay. on it. We can do. Oh. We can do a bit more. No, okay, okay. we'll stick on it. Don't okay, worry. Okay. Me and Jeremy silently agreed <laughs> that yeah. we will continue. Because <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot to go. Because yeah. I feel bad. La, no, no, it's fine. Up. It's fine. Go ahead, man. <laughs> My COVID topic. Uh, no, but I… Because I, I would like to talk about um, the kind of… Okay, so maybe we can agree that um, there were economic justifications for the implementation of these policies. Mm. At the time. Yeah. At, At the, the time. time I, yeah, probably. We can talk about… <laughs> we can also we can also agree that uh, it… It was successful in that it created a, a middle class for the uh, to Bumi, that extent. I would Bumi say community. so. Yeah, depends on the metrics. I would say like it, it hit it, its so-called poverty like metric. Yeah. Right. I don't think it hit its. I mean, it it hasn't hit its corporate ownership metric at all. Right. Uh, but in my estimation, there is a trade-off, which is that, which is that there are communities in the country that feel very disenfranchised, disconnected. And it might have created rifts within the communities that have done so much more damage than good. Mm. Um, th that's what I would think. Mm. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on okay. that? Okay, then we can go into the third argument, which is not in the Belay Dilemma. Right. Mm -hmm. But my, 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 this is my point of view, okay? So, um, I think there's some merit into keeping the Bumiputra regime as it is in the interest of national security. Oh, okay, I don't follow you. Because, take me, take like, if you're very Machiavellian about it, sure. okay, and you just take into account that people are inherently selfish, are not open to being totally fair, mm. okay, want to keep want to keep their interests on top, want to propagate themselves and their culture, their way of seeing things, maybe to some extent their religion, whatever religion you prescribe to. I'm not just saying one group of people. It just happens all around the world. So if you're very Machiavellian about it a large proportion of a population feeling too disenfranchised is not a good recipe for national security. You can, you can just look at the example of South Africa. is an extreme example where the Afrikaners, um, through the apartheid system, enriched themselves uh, with wealth and power 
and it didn't end well for the majority of the population and then they they took control back through not necessarily peaceful means in the beginning okay that you see a slightly less extreme version of that happening i mean happened in indonesia whereby i actually don't know the numbers i i i, 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 I presume it's less <laughs> I, i presume la we are yeah. we are talking about so, sukarno and so i mean the sukarno the fall of suharto no was it sukarno no, no, no. sukarno uh, was the one who fell the the violence against the chinese in indonesia to the, whereby Is it there? yeah yes, it scared yes. them to the extent where chinese people forgo for Forgone. Yeah, they've forgone their own culture and language to a huge extent. Not totally, but they have Indonesian names now. Right, yeah, yeah. They yeah, speak yeah. Bahasa Indonesia with a very thick local accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Jogja. Yeah. I, like, it scares me sometimes how Indonesian they are and how Indonesian they feel. Maybe it's a good thing now, but you need to understand that it came from a place of violence. Because Chinese, Chinese here were worried because I think Christians… Uh, Christian Chinese had a particular sense that this was the future insofar as that like… Mm. I don't know how much… How Islamic like Sohato was… But there were rumblings that the sense was coming. My parents used to tell me like… There were car bombs to the targeted Chinese people and Chinese businesses in Indonesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that… You know, we yeah. see that one day. Something like a step below how far the Nazis took it. It was short of persecution. Mm. Not not as far as genocide, but like short yeah. of persecution, whereby yeah. they made you feel terrified to be in your own country. Mm. Now, so the, was it 1969, 1968? When were the riots again? Someone remind yeah, me, please. Oh, no. our riots? Yeah, yeah, 69. yeah. 69. There we go. Mm. So, don't think that something like that can never happen again. Mm. I so, so you're saying the interest of not uh, having not yeah. getting the <laughs> Indians and Chinese killed. We need to sort of appease the Malay community. And Wait, okay, here's the thing. When you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. No, 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 no. But <laughs> no, 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 no. But but no. But I'm not. Mm. I don't think it's ridiculous. I, I really okay. don't. I sincerely don't think it's ridiculous. I oh. think that's a fair argument. Mm. I really do think it's a fair argument. Yeah. So to prevent that greater evil, right? All right. <laughs> there's an argument that maybe pacifying people with lackluster, not thought out properly policy. <laughs> Mm. might prolong the life of the Malaysian Malaysia as it exists. <laughs> mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so because the, the dichotomy is we choose either civil war or the NEP. <laughs> because look, let, let's, no. mm. let's put it on a totally equal playing field, okay? Oh, yeah. This is what I, I think will probably happen. Probably. Malays will get displaced from urban areas mm-hmm. because they just can't compete mm-hmm. for many reasons. It's not that… There, there are a lot of them who are capable. But I need to just be very fair in the sense that, you know, in a lot of commercial circles, there exists like protections. So have you heard of like Chinese guilds, Hokkien Association, yeah. Fu Chao Timber Association. Sure, sure, They sure. really take care of themselves, right? Yeah, they give scholarships yeah. to their students, There you uh, go. to their kids. There you go. Yeah. So, don't think for now, right? Don't think about MNCs, GLCs. Don't think about… Don't think about like international companies where people speak English in the workplace as a matter of habit. Think about the majority of the economy which is SMEs. Mm-hmm. Okay? So… I don't know to what extent how protective they are, but it's fair to say that they are protective. 
Okay? Because these associations I talked about exist where they really take care of each other. So, take away government assistance. What's going to happen? These protected industries will only propagate themselves because they're working together to slash prices for each other and however way they cooperate to gain an advantage. Over time, the iter- what the iteration becomes is they become bigger and bigger and bigger. Malays will get pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. More disenfranchised. You think that biases are bad now. Biases will get even more like… Profound. Profound. I mean, obvious yeah. when they're not living in like across each other anymore. When people see the obvious difference in the cars they drive, in the places they live, even now, like people, like for example, stereotype: Malays live in Shah Alam, Chinese people live in Cheras. Like for example, like crazy stereotypes like that, right? Check out the list; right. it all hits, <laughs> all of it hits. So, so, podcasters <laughs> live in Sungai Buloh. <laughs> <laughs> they will now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you let that play out, played out to its extreme, the biases will only get worse, and it could it could get really bad. Now, that's the worst case scenario. Mm. And whether or not that can happen on an equal playing field, I think there's a chance. But I, would, I can't say to what certainty. But there's always a chance that something like that can happen. No, I, I look at it like this is a family of maybe three siblings, right? So we have the eldest sibling who was around, uh, who sort of inherited the big chunk of it. And you have the two younger siblings who… Who, who are girls. Who, well, no, not, <laughs> not girls. They could, be, they could be guys, but they… Yeah. they they didn't get the same portion as the elder sibling, right? And they feel they, they feel re, uh, a form of resentment because they feel like we are all siblings. We all do equal parts. We all work as hard. Mm. Just by nature of you being the elder sibling, why do you get more? And this fosters a type of resentment within the family. And I would think, if it was a family, how would you resolve that resentment? Some Even though the elder sibling is entitled to, perfectly entitled to that. Like, like what you said in the beginning, a feeling is a feeling. The resentment is there. So I sometimes think I, we should talk to clinical psychologists. And I think that would kind of inform us how to fix this problem. I have Jordan Peterson <laughs> on, on speed dial. <laughs> Let me see if I can… <laughs> he hasn't solved any national level issues. <laughs> I don't think you should call him. Jeremy, Jeremy is like, triggered. No. Jeremy is triggered. <laughs> I'm like… He solved some marriages. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a national crisis. No, but don't you think, Jeremy, that there is a type of like… Uh, uh, a type of psychological uh, approach that we need to take in resolving these sort of disputes. Psychology is the wrong way to. Uh, psychology is the wrong word I would use okay. because I think you have to. I think psychology is more of an individual kind of thing. Sure. I mean, if you talk about social psychology, group psychology, sure. But I think sociology, the understanding of how societies work, is probably the best field to look at it because it's group dynamics you're talking about. It could be that you know, if a couple of alienated people are surrounded by people who are not. That 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 effect can be suppressed if not completely eliminated. So like, group dynamics in that sense play a larger role. Like in my personal opinion, right? I think that certain policies can be maintained, and it wouldn't affect it wouldn't affect uh, non-Malays. Like for example, Tabung Haji. Uh, like non-Malays don't really grow up knowing what Tabung Haji is or how it's utilized. Malay people are, can be quite. I mean, Malay people at different points in time are quite pissed at Tabung Haji. Uh, fair, no, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, what I'm saying is, those type of policies. Oh, you can keep. Can like. keep be kept. But I think when it comes to policies in respect to education, I think they, they are too decisive. And they cause more problems than it's worth. You know, having universities for only Malay people, I just, I don't think it's wise or fair. 
Okay, let's talk about that. Sure. So the justification in the Malay dilemma. Malay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you read it. Like, like, I read it a while back, but I might not have finished it as well. I just I, I knew about some of these arguments. And I'm like, mm. yeah, so so it's very it's very similar to the to every to every other realm whereby on an equal playing field, Malays will just not get as many places in university. But now that I think about it, that book was written in the 70s where there are not as many universities. I think now nobody will have nobody trouble finding a place in education because of how, how many universities there are, how many colleges there are in PTPTN. You know, they're still so, building more campuses for UITM. You know, they're, they're still building. No, because our enrollment rate is not like first world level. I think it's still like, yeah, yeah developing, not developed world country. So mm. there, there is reason for that, I suppose. I honestly struggle with this one, the because I see I see the rationale whereby you feel like you can't compete, so you need it's like you know some it's something like tariffs. If you can't compete, you raise the price of everything else. So if we can't compete, let's like have like a protectionist way to propagate our own education, mm-hmm. so that we once we graduate, we can compete. But you never graduate. no no because <laughs> I I I feel you because it comes from a place of insecurity. But whether you, that assertion holds water or not, like I feel it hasn't been proven. No, like like you know, as a, it might even be just a perception thing. But like for us, when we were in high school, it was taken as a fact that if you were Malay and you got five six A's, you could even get a scholarship. That was the the, the sentiment. Is and it for, true? I'm not sure. I wouldn't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm really not sure. But yeah, that was. I think I knew a few people. But that was yeah. the sentiment as us as high schoolers, right? That's what we took as fact as 17-year-olds. And we had so many Chinese friends in particular who I didn't give a damn because I wasn't that smart to be given it. So it didn't really matter to me. Mm. But to like uh, our Chinese friends, they, some of them were very resentful. Very resentful. Yep. Uh, I totally get that. I just want to raise this one argument by Mahate in regards to that. <laughs> sure, why sure, sure. everyone shouldn't get scholarships. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> in his book. This is what he said. And when he said it, I kind of put the book down, ran around screaming like, like a mic drop kind of moment. You know, like, I can't believe someone said that. But this is what he said. He said that if you give scholarships to Chinese and Indians, you further propagate racial inequality because if you give them the same resources, they soar higher compared to if you give it to Malay people. But that, that, so, that sounds like a water. That sounds like it has the eugenics argument fit inside already. It all boils <laughs> but, down but, to that. But that's, I think. But that's weird, no? Because that no longer is propping up the Malay community. But it's it kind is, of bringing other people down. You know. So I'm all for giving everyone opportunities, and maybe certain cl- groups don't have more opportunities than the others. So you need to give them more opportunities. Fair enough. But if you're trying to manufacture an outcome. I just think it's going to... Merit should be... I keep on saying this. I really feel merit... I don't believe in quotas. I'm really. right there with you, man. Let yeah. me just jump in real quick. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know, Jeremy. It's going to remind me yeah. of the merit thing. Just remind me. Because yeah. the, sure, the merit thing makes sense because you believe it's a marketplace. He seems, <laughs> he seems to think that everything is a competition, right? Yeah. Who? Um, Mahate or Mahate, me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like, Sally, Jerry, call you Arito. <laughs> you probably believe in competition, right? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, but... It struck me that the quote, I mean, if they were to lift it after the 20-year NEP period, right? And if they had focused on quality, the quality of education, rather than just this inclusion, just burning through resources, trying to include as many Malay people, they might have been further ahead. Mm -hmm. So, it could have been a question of execution. Their obsession with just having a Malay person on the board. 
just having people, having Malay people own capital. Yeah. It could have been that the obsession with representation, right. uh, there could be some political reason. It could be that they needed to please an electoral yeah, it wasn't, it could be it wasn't about things. It wasn't about getting like quality uh, Malay persons to do the job. It was as long as it's a Malay, Malay guy is there, yeah. And yeah. the argument for that is at least they're represented. <laughs> if if Mahathir is bringing that up, that, that's yeah. it lah, right? But, I'm but it's so funny that uh, these, these groups of people like Mahathir, we consider them to be so tyrannical and archaic. But their policies sound so left. I never really realized Leftist. that. Representation. Oh, uh, okay. Equity. Let's quality. Call it, let's call it liberal. <laughs> liberal. Liberal. Uh, it's so interesting. And it's… I've honestly never thought about it that way. Yeah, because it comes from a place of let's create a harmonious, balanced society. Yeah. Which is what wokeness is about, I think. <laughs> there's, Wait, al- there's also some history to that. Because I don't know if you know that uh, post the assassination of Gandhi, I think Jawal Nehru yeah. took over. Yeah. They had five-year… He's, year, they he's had, the f- first… Prime Minister of uh, India. Correct. He, they had five-year plans. Their, their economic planning looked a lot like ours. Mm. Which led me to believe that Tun Raza actually copied what Nehru was doing post, mm. wow. post that. In, and in terms that's, of… That's so interesting. Yeah. And in terms of like… Because… Um, I hope that didn't make a noise. No, it's fine. Um, Nehru actually identified as a Fabian socialist. So this kind of reformist socialist like kind of… Um, school in the UK that was based around the London School of Economics. Mm-hmm. Tun, Tun Abdul Razak was actually also a Fabian socialist. Right. It just doesn't show up in many of the Amno, Amno periodicals. And so like there was there was a left element there but this left element of Fabian socialism looks nothing like you know Maoist China or whatever else. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't want to have I... a cultural revolution. <laughs> Is that what you want? Well, <laughs> I mean… Mm, okay, I'm, not gonna go yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say yes. That will put me on the spot. That, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, so I think the outcomes, even for the Indian, the Indian kind of like socialist economic, socialist economic project, also turned out to be a bit of a failure. And in the same way, here, yeah, it could it could have informed their their way of execution and just executed it poorly. Who knows? I'm I'm really concerned about the future of uh, us as a people moving forward. What Malaysians or the global race? <laughs> Malaysians. Malaysians. The global oh, race is good. Like. Oh, why? Why are you so… What's the opposite of optimistic? Pessimistic. Why are you so pessimistic? I'm super optimistic. I don't know, man. I, I just yeah. think… You know, I was I, I was listening to an interview on BFM. I don't know who they were interviewing. Some guy from Amno, But you know, he made a point. He said, uh, this is the only country where the peoples don't have anything in common. The different communities have nothing in common. The only thing we have in common that we can actually share… Like as much as you say food, food, food. Mm. We can't, you know. We can't <laughs> share food. Malay, it's True. a, it's a, it's it's a. True. It can, and you, you know, it can be very, a very contentious thing, even when it comes to food. You know, I like with Malay uh, uh, people, right? Because of the halal, non-halal, and it can even like cause hurt. Like for example, a Chinese or Indian person offers food, and a Malay person says, oh, "Oh no, have you cooked like pork in that?" Or no, that's not certified, so I'm not going to eat that. Having that conversation causes tension, doesn't it? It, it can… I think because as just human decency, it feels like a rejection. Mm. Small things like this cause a lot of harm. But anyway, the only thing, right, that we can actually share is the language. There's nothing else. Food, no. Celebrations, no. Yep. Religion, no. You're breaking my heart, man. That's <laughs> There's not nothing true. else we can share. I can't agree with you. There's I, nothing else we can share. No, no, no. Alright, no, no, no. so, so maybe I, you can… I can't. Make I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've thought about the point I want to conclude on and it's going to be worse than that. Because <laughs> I, I, 
I've been thinking what are things, what are rallying points that we can get everyone behind? Lee Chong Wei. <laughs> no Malay hates that guy. <laughs> People who don't watch sports. <laughs> you're gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> Look, you're probably right. I just don't want you to be right. That's all. <laughs> and that is good. It's good that you don't want me to be right. I yeah. mean, we should… So, look, look, look. I think… W- is it fair to say we're in a bit of a privileged situation? Okay, yeah, we don't live the lives of average Malaysians. No. Okay. I, I, so, I don't know about… I mean, we are all middle class. Do you earn more than 3,000 ringgit? Yes, a man. Did your parents growing up? Depends on the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that. (laughs) I've I've actually faced poverty before in my life. I faced poverty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And thank God you came out of that. I'm no one of the weird people where I faced poverty and wealth. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but I do consider myself privileged, hundred percent. Yeah, not just in terms of money, but the way I was raised and uh, the things that like education was emphasized since I was and so young. And the way you think as well. Yeah. You, you're, you have access to a lot of information broad just because of the way you think. You are someone who's mindful enough to double check something all the time, you know. Whereas a lot of people have kind of linear thinking and it's not necessarily their fault. It's just a product of circumstance. So, in that sense, like I feel like we don't really live the lives of normal people. Right. I mean, of… Normal people, the, the average, yeah, Malaysian, the average yeah. person. Because is, is the average person the B B forty community? I I would um, think like the middle M forties to B forty yeah. yeah, right, yeah. So that's why like we can sit down on this table and not be at each other's throats. Like, I mean, you would be thoughtful enough not to feed me pork. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't even ask because I know you 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 have a good head on your shoulders, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like we can be friends and. Look, I know people who are not well off, right. but who have Chinese and Indian friends. Okay, but I, I'll admit lah, it's not a normal occurrence. Maybe sports lah. You're right with the Lee Chong thing. Maybe sports <laughs> is something. No, as in like, to save the like we all. We, soul. I mean, we all can play football. I mean, uh, as in like as a sport. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying us personally. I'm saying that you know whether you're Indian, whether you're Indian, Chinese, or Malay, you're humanly capable. There, there is a lot of Indians, Chinese, and Malays have passion for football, for example. Okay. Maybe that could be also a rallying We point. always rally behind anti-Singapore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's, uh, let's… You're going to re- check with the Chinese community. They might disagree. <laughs> no, even they, they they don't hate, but they also join the bandwagon about the kiasunas and all that. Yeah. Someone no, told me it's like a strange sort of jealousy. Yeah, it is. And I just find that fascinating. Yeah, I mean, we've all oh been Oh my there. God. Have you guys heard of this phrase called Chinese privilege? It blew my mind when I heard of it. Heard about it because we've all heard depends, of depends on the context. What do you okay, mean? okay. So you've heard of white privilege, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So in Southeast Asia, uh, I'll give you the article later. But there's data that suggests that Chinese people do disproportionately well, not just in Malaysia, but if you look at Indonesia, Singapore is obvious, right? But you can look at Thailand, Cambodia. Mm. If you Ma- get Mahathir's gene theory <laughs> seems to be stronger okay. and stronger. Wait, 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 wait. I'll have something to support yeah, it later. There's more to this. So Chinese privilege comes from Singapore. <laughs> okay? That's a bit far-fetched. But and right. and huh? comes no, 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 no. from Singapore. They're the mean? ones who propagated this phrase. Oh, okay. Chinese privilege. Uh, and where did this come from? It's the opposition parties like looking for sort of an angle. The opposition parties in Singapore tend to be very woke. Okay? <laughs> Leftist. Right. And that's why it disenfranchises a lot of like, what, what are you talking about? What is this Chinese privilege? I cannot, I cannot think the same way you do. But like, 
Chinese privilege in Singapore is apparently like Chinese people have an advantage when it comes to the workplace because they have access to more languages that are in demand in Singapore and arguably trade partners, right? Mm. Uh, furthermore, if you look at the incomes… Actually, I don't know about the income statistics per se, but um, this is hearsay. So someone else from Singapore was telling me that Chinese people tend to do better socioeconomically. Okay? Yeah. So because yeah. of these two factors, Ch Chinese people can be argued to have privilege in Singapore. No, no. I, and, I, yeah, I think and we've… I just want to take it one step further. Sure, sure, sure. I want to argue that without Bumi policies, there would be this Chinese privilege in Malaysia. No, even in Malaysia, there is. I think we've spoken about how there's a positive stereotypes about uh, Chinese people. Like for example, there's a stereotype that Chinese people work harder. That's across races. And so when it comes to employing, mm. there's a tendency to employ Chinese people. That is… Uh, in Malaysia, it I exists I think there's well. data to back that up where they send out CVs. Yep. Identical CVs except for race. Yeah. The Muhammad, Chinese ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Study. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Chinese ones just got called back more. Yep. Yeah, and you know what I think? I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think they've earned that privilege. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let <laughs> no. me. Let, I want to defend this position because we were talking about merits just now, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Came back to it. All right. No, so that's the thing. We said it in the beginning. Like stereotypes can have a truth to it or a basis, and it might apply in a broad strokes. Yeah, but to apply it uh, across the board is maybe not the best thing. For example, no, it's not fair. Let, let's, I can take another example. Like you say girls are… Uh, <laughs> you say girls are more emotional when they're PMSing, for example. Right? You can't say that now. But generally, you, you could make an argument for that. Generally, you could make an argument for that. But to tell a girl, oh, you must be in a bad mood because you're, you're PMSing now. No, that's that's wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. Because you can't apply it to every single person. You can say in broad strokes, you know. Yeah. So I think that's fair. When you brought up the Chinese privilege, here I we was, go. <laughs> no, no, I was because I, I've read I've read some historic you the, the countries you named were very specific because it looked at uh there was a study that looked at the the place of Chinese people within Southeast Asia. Insofar as that in Malaysia and Indonesia, we are classified as distinct, like separate races. But in Thailand and the Philippines, because we've intermarried, we're mm. basically one of them. And we sort of blended into the background. And so like, when, I, when you said Chinese privilege, I was like, oh, okay, he means the capitalist class. Like that was, my, that was my first inclination. No, I mean like, okay, even though they've sort of mixed in, you can trace. Okay, some people, for example, in Thailand, yep. some, not all, Correct. keep their last names. <clears throat> mm. keep that. Some, some of them keep their last names. Some of them obviously look the part, although I would be very careful with that. But you can yeah. trace your ethnicity more yeah. or less. So apparently, yeah. Um, it was by LSC actually. Later when I pass you the links. <laughs> I don't know if you can count that as credible or not. but I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. But yeah, the conclusion they this came to… This episode is going to be a nightmare to fact check. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Viewers, you go back and fact check. <laughs> Just post the links in the description. <laughs> yeah. Be like, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, heading back to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just those countries that I cited, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Mm. Um, if you can trace, I mean, I don't know how they did it, but all they said was people from Chinese ethnicity. So you, I just trust that they did their work properly on that. Yeah, People from Chinese ethnicity just tend to out-earn the majority of the population wherever they reside mm. in Southeast Asia. Mm. So it was super, super interesting. Like, oh, it's not just happening here. And no, even in America, there was always that… There's this Asians are the top income earners in 
in uh, America, they're it's killing it. The so Chinese funny. and Indians are killing it over there. And it's over here, so we're making funny. their lives hard. So, <laughs> in 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 universities now, they're getting they're getting so frustrated at quotas because they're starting to lock up the Chinese quota. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the Chinese have flooded uh, the Ivy League schools. No, no, they have racial quotas to begin with. So that. It's either MIT or Caltech. I can't remember which one. But mm. one of them have a totally meritocratic system. Mm. Like, it is just so ridiculously flooded with agents. It's it, it's <laughs> apparently very funny. But the rest of them have quotas. Yeah, and yeah. they've gotten in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But it's become a real problem for the Asian community. Or to get into those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come, come UM lah. <laughs> you can make that invitation. Let's see if they show up. <laughs> no, but it, it is, it's, it, it adds an extra angle to, for example, with American politics when you talk about privileged positions and not being privileged positions. It adds an extra layer to it just to show how complex the discussion is lah. Mm, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, guys, it's been a very interesting discussion. Uh, we had three points. I was supposed to talk about I wanted to discuss about uh, existential existential crisis. Uh, existential crisis. Uh, Jeremy wanted to talk about COVID, but we're not going to do both those oh, points. Oh, why not? No, I, think, <laughs> I think we've covered quite a lot. Oh, um, I feel so, so bad. No, no, it's nah, fine. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we can do the COVID one another day. Yeah, we can do it another day. Can um, I do the plug? Can I do the plug? Yeah, yeah. We, okay, before okay. that, before that, okay. we're going to do a plug. We, we'll do a plug, but uh, we need… And you've earned your plug. Oh, thank say. you. Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, but I was thinking we would end it with… I think… I had a point. I you had a point, do. right? Yeah. Uh, your point is on your outlook for, for… Sort of. Because I think there's a lot of discussion about how to break this stalemate. Okay, Jab. So maybe we can end with what is our proposal <laughs> to sort of fix Malaysia oh in that sense. Okay. Right? So we each have one. And I'll also, just... I want to hear uh, your recommendations. Uh, recommend a product. Not an idea. It must be a product. <laughs> maybe a video, a book, a song, movie, whatever. Right? Recommendation. Uh, so we do those two things. But before we do that, uh, I want to thank you, Harit, for coming on. Uh, it was a great conversation. Plug your stuff, man. So I really like to talk about dating and make jokes. And I do a podcast called Harith Ja. You can find it on Spotify. I'm also on Apple, Overcast, all that. Uh, that's all I wanted to plug. I, I do another podcast called Nadikita. It's in BM. I'm not sure if any of you listening are interested in that. But it's basically a podcast where I talk about social issues, kind of like the conversations I'm having one today. But I just get the gut feeling that you might not like that. <laughs> so if you want a guy to waste your time 30 minutes a day, I post quite often on Harith just something like five times a week. It's just like and a kind of funny vlog kind of yeah, format, right? It's comedy. Yeah. But you know, I'm getting a lot of people writing in asking me dating questions. <laughs> and because nice. I read a lot of literature about dating, I'm obsessed with intersexual dynamics. Right. So like, I feel I have a lot to offer. So that's what I do for that uh, podcast. Uh, thank you for the plug, by the way. No worries. For letting me plug. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jeremy, uh, your solution to fix the country and recommendation. Solution to fix the country. Uh, what was your outcome you were talking about? The outcome was very grim because uh, he, dis- he talked about May 13, but like, um, I'm not going to go. Uh, well, okay. I think I'm, I'm going there. Um, because it seems like the stalemate between this uh, original sin of creating the NEP and having this so-called social contract as such that, you know, we have these predominant peoples and the relationship between all the different races are sort of set in stone. There seems to be no way to push it, right? And so, if you look back at history, the only time these kind of structures have been reconfigured 
Revolution. Is Civil War and Revolution. Oh, that's not encouraging. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But really? <laughs> yeah, if you look through history, you will find very few. Sweating. And even, even when we talked about the electoral, electoral system, very rarely is it broken by parties in power. It is the defeat of a dictator or post-Civil War. Very few cases where they change the system. I knew about Taiwan. Taiwan, the, the, there was a dominant party. It lost to an opposition. Opposition changed the system. Opposition party lost to the dominant party back again. That was a very rare instance. But in, there are a few other instances where people reform the electoral system when they are in power. It's usually these kind of big ruptural events. So, you know, that could be the situation we're looking at if we ever want to rewrite the social contract of our country. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, mm. nice is not the uh, pleasant. <laughs> Pleasant as always, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> recommendations, please. What, what are you going to recommend? Uh, Nostradamus? Uh... <laughs> oh, I mean, that wasn't my solution. That wasn't my solution. <laughs> oh, mean... okay. All right. I thought that was your solution. Revolution. <laughs> I would just be passing out guns next week, right? On the streets of KL. <laughs> I feel like he didn't want to say it. You know, he just wanted you to think it. So he can't, we can't blame him now, you know? <laughs> so what is your proposal? I don't know. My, my proposal would be to move towards that kind of universal kind of race-sensitive kind of programs. Right. I think it can help diffuse the tension over time. It's just that no one has an incentive to do it. Sure. Not the current BN administration, not the opposition in waiting. Neither of them have an incentive to do something like that. Yeah. Because in a game of money politics, money counts. Mm -hmm. You need to be ahead. And so they won't play that. They won't play the universal distribution game. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I'll go second then you can uh, wrap up. I think in terms of how I would fix things, like I said before, I think we need to be maybe more… I, yeah, we should have booming policies, right? But I think it needs to be a little more selective and targeted. I think those policies should be specific in their empower and they don't… Uh, they don't uh, become a crutch. Yeah, not don't become a crutch. They don't put down other races oh. and, and foster this sort of negativity. La. And the one that really stand out, stands out to me is education mm. and things related to poverty. La. I think these things that are sort of universal should be applied in a uni universal manner. Other things like, you know, uh, house ownerships, uh, having boomy boom pro properties. I think that's, that, that's sure, you know, fair enough, fair discussion. But I just, I think we need to be really, really, really careful because if from a young age, we sort of tell young people that they are treated differently, they're always going to feel they won't feel a part of the country. How can they? Right? I just, I think that's important. Recommendations. Um, yesterday, I have problems sleeping sometimes. Uh, what, thinking about boomy policies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that just, what you think about at night, man? It just keeps me up at night every single day. How will the country do tomorrow? <laughs> Literally every night before I go to sleep, Jeremy said a revolution is coming. Jeremy said a revolution. <laughs> do I have enough weapons yes, for this? <laughs> Watch Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> Jeremy, the modern day Nostradamus of our time. <laughs> so I, I do struggle with sleeping and I, I, I become a very sensitive sleeper. I wake up uh, easily. Uh, and so what I do is I normally listen to… So videos really help a lot. And it's also because I work late. So when I work late, there's not enough time to sort of like… Unwind. Yeah. And so it's hard to fall asleep. So I listen to like those comic narration videos and they're just amazing to put me to sleep. But recently I stumbled on an, another video… He's, he's a comedian. I found out later that he's a comedian. Joe Perra. Um, and he's produced by Adult Swim. So there's 10 hours of Joe Perra just putting you to sleep. 
and he has he talks <laughs> he just he just talks knocks you over the head or no he just talks <laughs> and like uh, i'm so sorry that you're having such a tough time sleeping ah oh, well let me talk to you about my t-shirt right now <laughs> and he just talks i'm going to try that <laughs> it's wonderful dude 30 seconds and I'm dead. <laughs> Had wonderful sleep. What a great use of like a bad way to podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you have a shitty podcast, why don't you market it market it like that? <laughs> But yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Yeah, and then I checked out his comedy as well and it's really really interesting. He's oh. kind of a uh, a very innocent oddball, uh, very funny guy. Very very funny guy. So I want to recommend him. I I'm surprised I haven't heard of him before. Uh, he, I mean, he's appeared on like Stephen Colbert and things like that. Do so you feel like you connect with him on a personal level in many ways? No, okay. because personally. So you're saying you're not an oddball. <laughs> I, I'm like if if you like that's would, a good no no <laughs> if catch. if you like if we were all like uh, Winnie the Pooh characters, I would be Winnie the Pooh and he would be Piglet. Does that make sense? Oh, <laughs> I, I thought he would be Piglet. And you, Uh, you would be Eeyore. <laughs> Fair enough, maybe. No, Because I don't think I'm Eeyore. You don't think you're Eeyore? I don't think I'm Eeyore. This could be another Oh, no, the owl. I'm the, I could be the owl, dude. Yeah. I could be the owl. Yo, dude. let's continue for one more hour, man. <laughs> let's break it down why you are not... I, I don't want to torture the audio anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea why I chose We Need a Pooh as my Yeah. <laughs> I like... I can barely remember what they were like. Between you two, who's SpongeBob? Who's Patrick? Um, you're both Squidward. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Squidward. I think the Squidward. No problem. Being Patrick doesn't sound like a flattering kind of. We statement. are both not Patrick, and we are both not SpongeBob. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Krabby Patty. <laughs> What? Just abuse. <laughs> I'll just take the Squidward. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Jerry does have a bit of a Squidward vibe. <laughs> What about you? You do you? Uh, Affiliate with any SpongeBob character? <laughs> I'm Gary. <laughs> Gary. Oh, that's a good one. Shit. <laughs> You're not a Gary, lah. I know, man. but I was like, <laughs> that would have been a better one than SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, what's that crab guy? Uh, Mr. Krabs. Oh, is that his name? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, but no, not not Mr. Krabs either. No. There's no other crab guy, except Larry the Lobster. Oh, yeah, that could, I'm Larry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, Larry loves the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. All right. Back to policy. Back to, we can't do this gonna, all day. <laughs> how are you going to save the country? And what is your recommendation? Okay. So, to be really realistic and Machiavellian, I think that the current regime, the Bumiputra regime, needs to stay and propagate itself in a like a smaller version as time goes by. Mm. Okay, that's the realistic thing that I think should happen and will probably happen because li after listening to Jeremy, like, <laughs> the, yeah, the, what, revolution? No. Okay. <laughs> But the idealistic side of me wants to be, wants to change a, a people in the sense that I think Malay people need to go and this is the best thing that could happen which I think might not happen. But like, Malay people need to have an internal revolution Okay, so whether or not you believe in what Mahathir said, that you are inherently inferior, not his words, but they heavily insinuate that. Like that's just the end of the line of his reasoning. That you fight to better yourself and reach levels above what he said you were. Uh, and, sorry, I, I don't, don't mean to interrupt, but another thing that just occurred to me, if you are sort of like culturally or racially inferior, 
won't the sort of poli- policies just maintain the status? Yeah, yeah, you can make that argument because it doesn't give you incentive to become better. That's yeah. that's the reasoning, right? Mm-hmm. But whether or not that's true, I have no idea because I think that's like something you need to see the data on whether whether helping a group of people makes them more complacent. Intuitively, it seems like the answer is yes, but whether it's true or not, you never know. Does that make sense? What but I, I thought people solved it with the you don't give someone a fish, you teach them how to fish. Like. <laughs> I thought like people got that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would really like Malay people to wake the fuck up. Sorry, <laughs> go for go it. For it. Okay. Go for it. It's like, how do you help a guy who's totally down on his luck? Do you give him everything until he dies? I think a better way is to like slap him, you know, shake him. And make him watch a ton of motivational YouTube videos. <laughs> I, mean, I just That's want my method. people to be pumped. You know, to become that version people become when they are immigrants. They're just so fired up. You know, I've heard of Malay people going abroad and apparently doing fantastically for themselves. I don't know why, but I can only assume that it has something to do with that immigrant mentality. Yeah, look. Your starting position affects where you end up, but it's by no means de- definitive. Mm. And like you see that with like the parallels of the American dream, how people who start from nothing become like super successful. Wealth doesn't tend to do well further down the generations. It just gets dissipated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So like there's no excuse anymore. Like, yeah, like some people had a better start, sure, but like down the line that wealth tends to disappear. So you can't use the argument forever that other people had more capital since independence. That's why. Like, you can't. You know, you, like, the majority of... No, but it, there, there are ways it could propagate. Lah. Like, for example, if one generation is, like, really well-to-do, really rich, they will be able to afford to educate their kids. And that kind of... That cycle continues on. Lah. Yeah. That heritage of the wealth yeah. in that form would continue on. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Money itself could disappear. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But the ideal outcome for me is to for Malays to really pick themselves up in a way that doesn't discriminate against anybody economically. Mm. Okay, forget the cultural biases aside. I mean, just like we don't need quote. I would like us to be in a place where we don't need quotas anymore. Mm. And it's super easy. I need to add a caveat. It's really easy to say this coming from a place of privilege. I need to acknowledge my own privilege. My parents were very wealthy. Mm. Sent me to expensive schools. So I I think I can come across as preachy. Like, mm. oh, just because you say that we should become better doesn't mean we'll become better. Fine. Yeah, I, I acknowledge that. That's why I said it's the idealistic version of the future for me. Uh, I just want to add one more thing. I just think if we all fucked each other and made interracial <laughs> babies, we would we might be in a better situation two or three generations down the line. Because rates of interracial marriage are horrendous in this country. Okay? It's an act of patriotism to marry someone not in your own race. I'm looking forward my to the opinion. day when you become Prime Minister, you give this speech. You have a civic duty to use Tinder. I'm enacting legislation where I will mandate that Tinder set you up with someone from a different race. It will be law. Guys, I want, I want your opinion. How would you, how would you look towards a policy, right? That gave you monetary incentives <laughs> from the government if you marry someone of a different race. It depends how big. What do you like, mean? The amount, like, is it? Yeah, if it's like a thousand bucks, like, Look. go for it, guys. <laughs> no guys, Stop if you. it took thousand ringgit for you to find a different partner, <laughs> I, something, problem. something is wrong. <laughs> okay. 
You sure. should not be finding a partner because of Hold that on. thousand ringgit. Hold on. If you're two people, equal compatibility, <laughs> the thousand ringgit could make the difference. The thousand ringgit uh, could make the difference. By the way, if you feel the need to like beep my swearing, it was around 135. No, we won't. Samuel swore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Samuel said what he was talking about, Cora, and then he was describing one of the parts and he said, what that guy, the the oh, fellatio freaking fellatioed <laughs> Cora. <Wow. laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's fine. Uh, it can't be worse than that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, what were your recommendations? Sorry? What are you reading? Watching? Oh, oh, oh. You know, I think like I said earlier, Malay Mail is great. A Malay Mail. Malay <laughs> Mail. No, 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 no. Yes, the Malay Rewind. Mail. Rewind. <laughs> I was like, wow. Malay, Malay. Malay dilemma. For you to get a lot of contacts, you know, where all of this… Wait, let's wait for them to stop laughing. <laughs> Actually, I have been wondering what's a good new newspaper to Malay read. Malay Mail's not bad. Yeah, is it? You can read The Vibes, I guess. Mm. Uh, the Vibes friend, is new. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, no don't, you don't like it so much? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough because you're so new. But I, I was thinking… No, I wanted to read a hard physical newspaper. Oh. So I was thinking like what would be a good… I, was like, oh, I can't recommend any. I don't read newspapers. No, uh, all my news is online. Yeah. No, but what's a good publication? So I assume that if the publication is good, the newspaper should be fine the as well. Hmm. The tweet Twitter profiles I follow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'll send yeah. you a list later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually that's, that's a better way actually. Okay, so, so you recommend uh, Malay Dilemma? Yeah. Nice. And having self-respect, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, everybody, everybody I specifically said don't recommend a thought or idea <laughs> you had one freaking oh, rule on it. God, I'm so sorry I'm so Cause, sorry because I think he, he remembers when I recommended anarchism yeah people should try anarchism <laughs> it seems then that we've stopped this <laughs> recommending ideas uh, Jeremy you didn't recommend the product uh, I'm not I'm not doing or reading much now. You know, if you have a computer, you can afford it. You should go and play Cyberpunk because <laughs> <laughs> Cyberpunk will change your life. <laughs> I do want to recommend something actually. Okay. So, um, Gary V. I watch oh, a lot right. of his stuff. And the best thing about oh. Gary V. Mm. is how he preaches that… He, he's kind of like a no bullshit motivation slash entrepreneur. Yeah, he's a very realistic guy. Yep. Yeah. And he, he doesn't give a damn that you come from nothing. He came from nothing. And he just believes through consistency and hard work, you'll get somewhere. Instead of taking the easy way out, which I need to say that I feel like a lot of my people do quite often. Mm -hmm. Easy for me, again, to say from my place of privilege. but right. and, and I acknowledge that. But like, yeah, I recommend him. So that you, you remove this sense of entitlement inside of you. Nice. Yeah. Right. So, okay. All yep. done? Yep. Uh, again… Uh, Thank you, Jeremy, for coming on. I uh, hope you come back soon. Don't wait too long. Uh, <laughs> Harit, same goes to you. It was a pleasure having you on. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you come back soon. Right? Uh, to all those listening, again, weird times. But uh, we hope you're uh, taking care of yourselves. You're staying safe. Enjoying your Christmas. <laughs> when this comes out, Christmas will be over. Oh, okay. <laughs> staying healthy. <laughs> and of course, staying good. We are done. Oh, <laughs> oh,